those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, he's talking to the believer now, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit if the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, if he doesn't live in you, he's not controlling your action, your attitude, your words, and your behavior. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. From the woman caught in adultery to those of us who have committed to follow Christ, the Bible tells us that we are to be holy just as the Lord our God is holy. This is Jerry G. Martin with The Light of the World, and I encourage you to come and walk with us as we share these messages on living a holy life. Today I'm going to speak to those of you who are saved. If you are unsaved, you have my permission to be exempt from this message because I'm not talking to the unsaved. I'm going to talk to the saved. Well, I, I'm going to expand that. I'm going to also talk to the folks who just say they saved. So I will be talking to those who are in the congregation today or listening to us on our radio broadcast because I want you to have this message. Those of us who are believers and followers of Jesus Christ, we enjoy talking about the provisions of God and the blessings of God. It is encouraging also for us to be reminded of how Jesus defeated sin on the cross and gave us his Holy Spirit to empower us. We were rejoicing just shortly because no weapon forms against us shall prosper. Remember, that was just a few minutes ago. We didn't forget that already, did we? Pastor Jackie said, no weapon formed. And I saw people say, yes, that's hallelujah. No weapon formed will prosper. And then we, we rejoice when we understand, and it is true, that we are to be the head and not the tail. We are to be above and not beneath, and that God blesses those who are obedient to him. We, we understand that. We know that there are great benefits to being the child of God and to be the people of God. We are the people of God, and he, he is great, and he works miracles. Yeah. We keep reminding ourselves of this, and we should. We do not, however, spend much time talking about our responsibility to live a holy life. With the advent of megachurches with thousands of people, one observer commented on the influence of the church in our culture. He said, the church today is 10 miles wide, but a quarter inch deep. That means that there are a lot of people, a lot of style, and very little substance. In other words, there are so many people in church all over the country, and in fact, in the city of which we live, we heard that the top 10 churches will have a total attendance of over 200,000 people. That's in the top 10 churches, mega churches, 200,000 people. 
That's the average of 20,000 people in each church. We heard that there were over 40 megachurches in the Houston area. Megachurches mean congregation of at least 2,000 or more. That was a few years ago, so you probably have more than that. The question is, then, with all of these people at church and in church, why aren't we making a difference in the world in which we live? There's a reason for that. There are people in the church, but there are some people in the church where the church is not in them. Our church attendance and participation and even our church membership and our church serving can become empty activities when there is neither obedience to God nor a practice of a lifestyle that is pleasing to him. Peter gave a command to the church to live in such a way that our lifestyles could be considered holy. Our lifestyles could be considered holy. I already see I need to put my other glasses on so I won't look at y'all because y'all are already leaning. I, I know why the Lord told Jeremiah, don't look at their faces while you're preaching. But we are in a season of fasting and prayer and consecration, asking God to do a mighty work in our congregation and send the fire of revival. I'm not a hater of our congregation or the members of the church, but I do recognize that we, the pastors and the preachers, have usurped our a responsibility of teaching you what the Bible says about how you ought to function and live. So it's not on you until we've told you. I'm doing my part to set the standard of what God has asked us to do as believers. Peter gave a command to the church to live in such a way that our lifestyles could be considered holy. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 14, he understood the same thing in the church and he said this, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Now, Peter was not just talking. He backed up his instructions with the word of God. I was looking at that. He said, for it is written that you need to be holy because I am holy. And the first thing I said to myself is, okay, well, where is it written? When somebody tell you it's written, I want to find out, well, where is it written and what was said about it? You don't have to turn there, but I'll give you these uh, scriptures and I'm just going to mention them to you for quickly. You can write them down, but we're not looking at them on the screen. In Leviticus chapter 11 verse 44, the Lord was speaking. He says, I am the Lord your God. Consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am holy. I am the Lord who brought you up out of Egypt to be your God. Therefore, be holy. Because I'm holy. He told him that twice. Now when God tells you something twice, he wants you to say, yes, sir. So he said, now be holy because I'm holy. And I grabbed you and I brought you up to myself to be mine. And I don't want anything that ain't holy. I'm holy 
everything around me is holy. So I grabbed you and I made you holy. So you need to start being what I made you to be. Leviticus chapter 19 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. He said now to Moses, speak to the entire congregation of Israel. Speak to everybody. Speak to the children. Okay, I ain't gonna mess with your kids today. The children needs to be holy. You know, I grew up in what they call a holiness church. Even though I wasn't saved, you couldn't tell it by looking at me because I had to act like it. You might not be saved, but you better act like you're saved. You can't act like no sinner. If you get a beat down, everybody in this house going to be saved. I don't know how it was in your house. That's where it was in mine. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7. The Lord is talking to the people again. says, consecrate yourselves and be holy because I am the Lord your God. Keep my decrees and follow them. I am the Lord who makes you holy. Then Leviticus chapter 20, verse 26, he says, You ought to be holy to me because I, the Lord, am holy and I have set you apart from the nations to be my own. I have called you and I have set you apart to be my own. You're going to be different. You're going to be unique. You're going to be mine. That's what God says. In Deuteronomy 23, 13, he says, For the Lord your God moves about in your camp to protect you and to deliver your enemies to you. I'm moving around in your camp to protect you, to keep your enemies out of the camp, to deliver them over to you so you're victorious. And then he says, your camp must be holy. Uh, that's your house. You got a camp. Yeah, you got a camp. He said, keep your camp holy so that he will not see among you anything indecent and turn away from you. You might have to get rid of HBO. The lady said, you can get HBO with your package, you know. I said, I don't want HBO. Y'all got too much uh, pornography on. I'm going to save that money. And you wonder why your kids are acting weird. You at church, your kids is looking at all the stuff on HBO. And you wonder why you're finding weird-looking stuff in their room. Thought I'd just throw that in there while I'm at it. Peter then, when he writes this passage, begins with the statement in our text, as obedient children. He begins with that, as obedient children. One of the first things the Lord asks us to be is obedient. The Bible tells us obedient is better than sacrifice. He's admonishing us to be obedient children of God. That obedience is to his word. That obedience is to his commands. As we go through this message today, I want you to check inventory and decide whether you are obedient to the word of, that's the place where we start. That obedience is demonstrated in the applications of the instructions and the practice and the demonstration of those instructions in our lifestyle. Are we obedient to the word of God that we are practicing what God says we need to practice? And are we prohibiting what God says we need to prohibit in our lives? 
Some of y'all act like y'all ain't never heard that in church. The obedient children are in contrast to the disobedient. If there are some obedient, I can guarantee you there are some disobedient. I had a message not too long ago that said, I ain't doing that. Remember Jesus told a young man who said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And the man says, I already do all the commandments. Jesus said, well, give all you have to the poor. He said, I ain't doing that. So there's some stuff that you want to keep doing. When the Bible tells you not to, to do something, you're going to say, I ain't doing that. We were disobedient when we were walking in darkness. But when we come into the light, we ought to come into to the light as obedient children. That's why I said this message is just for the saved. Paul spoke about that in Ephesians chapter 2. When he was talking to the church, now this is a new church in Ephesians, in Ephesus, and all of those New Testament churches. They got to teach the people how to live a holy life, so they have to instruct them specifically on what to do and what not to do because the folks don't know. They come out of a pagan society. We are becoming a pagan society, and so we got to teach folks because the folks that grew up on Oprah and Dr. Phil and all these things that's in the movies and on these sitcoms and reality shows, and you think that's the way things are supposed to go. It don't go like that in the kingdom of God. We don't talk like that. We don't walk like that. We don't roll like that in the kingdom of God. I know you were rolling like that when you came in. We don't do that stuff. Not if you're going to be holy. Paul said in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, As for you, talking to the believer, you were dead in your transgression and your sin. That's without God. You were dead in your sin and transgression in which you used to live. When you follow the ways of the reality TV shows and your homies and the rulers of the kingdom of the air, that's the demonic forces, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He says those who are still disobedient, there is a spirit working in them. That spirit is demonic forces to keep you doing those things that are displeasing unto the Lord. He said, all of us also lived among them at one time. All of us did. We're no better than anybody else. We were living at one time like everyone, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Everybody was doing that. We don't look like it now. We're sitting in church. We're all dressed up and we know how to look holy. Verse 4 says, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgression, it is by his grace you have been saved. None of us deserve to get saved. We were so bad that we were so distant from God. It was his grace that saved us. We didn't have anything to do with it in terms of our position and our rightness and being good. We weren't good enough to get saved. We then are to be obedient then and to avoid conforming to the ways of the world. There are the ways of the world. We are to avoid that confirmation. And then we are to be holy because the one who called us to himself is holy. Jesus, when he taught us how to pray, the first thing he said, Our Father, which ordered in heaven, holy is your name. Holy are you. 
The concept of holiness may seem old-fashioned to our current generation. To some, the very word holiness brings up images of long dresses and no makeup, no pants for women. Bring up in holiness, it was people who don't smoke or chew or go out with girls who do. <laughs> There's no drinking of alcohol, no hanging out at the club, no worldly music. We couldn't even listen to the temptations. Beauty's only skin deep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let alone James Brown, Papa got a brand new bag. And then when Rufus Thomas came out with Funky Chicken, now you, you can't be saved and listen to that. <laughs> oh, no, sir, no, sir. There were some people who were so holy they would call your television a television. And that was back in the days when even married folks on sitcoms didn't sleep in the same bed. They had twin beds, one for Ozzy and one for Harriet. They were asleep and they go to bed with his suit on. <laughs> they didn't want to get no hint of anything going on. Now they can call it the hell of vision. Somebody had a vision of what was coming. But let me talk to you about what holy and holiness is. The word holy in various forms occur more than 600 times in the Bible. Must be important. The entire book of Leviticus is devoted to that subject. All of the laws and all of the rituals and all of the sacrifices had to do with holy living. The idea of holiness is woven all through the scripture. In the book of Revelation, what are the angels singing? Holy, holy, holy. In the book of Isaiah, Isaiah said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up and his train filled the temples and the seraphim and the cherubim were singing, holy, Holy, holy. That's only, they got one song when you come into God's presence. Holy. The first use of the word in scripture is in the book of Genesis chapter 2. And the Lord blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it he rested from all the work of creation that he had done. He set it apart. He called it the Sabbath. That day was different separate and unique from the other days. It was reserved for him. You want to know what holy is? Separate, unique, different, reserved for him. I'm setting this one aside. It's going to be the Sabbath. I'm going to take that off. It's going to be a day of worship, day of reverence. So what does it mean to be holy? It is to be separate from sin and therefore consecrated to God. It is to be morally blameless. The word holy signifies separation to God and the conduct befitting those who say they are separate. You say you're separate, you're holy, you belong to God. And they say there is some conduct that goes along with that when you say that. You, you can't be telling everybody off and giving everybody a piece of your mind every time something go wrong. Listen, peace of mind is hard to come by. If you got a piece, you better keep it. I'll give you a piece of my mind. You better keep all of your mind. To live a holy life 
is to live a life in conformity with the moral precepts of the Bible in contrast to the sinful ways of the world. If the people of God and the people in all of the churches would live a holy life, there would be a big difference in the way things happen in the world. I would say if everybody who say they were saved would stop going to the men's club, they would shut down and go out of business. If everybody who say they were saved and living a holy life would stay out of the liquor store, they would shut down. If everybody who say they were saved would stop looking at pornography and stop buying it, they would shut down. But they don't because those who say they are saved are not living a holy life. We have compartmentalized our life of Christianity and said, I'm saved so I go to church and then I have my own life. I got my church life and I got my own life. You can't live in two lives. Because when God judges you, he ain't going to judge one and half of you ain't going to go to heaven. The other half ain't going to go to hell. Everything going to hell. You and your church life. <laughs> One theologian had it right 50 years ago when they said, everybody talking about heaven ain't going. Paul gave clear instructions about living the holy life to the church at Ephesus. Apparently the members did not have a clear understanding of what it meant to be saved and sanctified, which is exemplified by a holy life. He broke it down clearly in Ephesians chapter 4 and we're going to take a few minutes to just give you some details because I can say you need to live holy and then say well what do you mean by that? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22 Paul again says you were taught in regard to your former way of life to put off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitudes of your mind and to put on the new self Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. A lot of times we don't have a good appreciation for what has occurred when the Lord brings us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He brings us out of darkness. He gives us a new place. He places us. The Bible even tells us he seals us with his Holy Spirit. And he stamped us holy when he saved us. And now he says start to live like it and start to work like it. You might not feel holy, but you're holy. That's why he said you got to change your mind. And you got to have a renewing of your mind. Because your mind ain't going to feel holy when you get saved. Your mind doesn't get saved. Your spirit man gets saved. So your mind going to have to be transformed. But you need to know who you are. Many of us have things going on in our lives that if brought before the Lord, we would be guilty. The good news is that Jesus says, I'm not going to condemn you, but he will tell us that his grace is sufficient and his forgiveness is available to us, but we are to go and sin no more. You may have asked the Lord Jesus to come into your life. The question is, is he the Lord of your life? If you've never asked the Lord Jesus Christ to be the Lord of your life, invite him. Then determine that you will walk with him and allow him to use your life to reach others. This is Jerry G. Martin. If you would like us to pray with you to receive Jesus Christ or 
for any of your prayer needs, call us right now at 281-964-1393. 281-964-1393. To listen to this message again, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World Daily with Jerry G. Martin. You can join us on our Sunday morning services online at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. Or you can join us in person each Sunday at 10 a.m. at 16161 Old Humble Road. We'd love to have you to come out and join with us as Pastor Jackie is sharing great messages that will help you to grow and help you to be all that God wants you to be. For those of you who are looking for books and Bibles or church supplies, we have the Beacon Bookstore right here on our campus. For more information, call 281-441-2885. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.